Hey everyone, welcome to Real Monkey Studios, our Premier League podcast. Once again, we've got to do this all over a uh, video calls, so the recordings are not as great as they normally would be, uh, but this is the time we're in. I hope you enjoy the pod. Hello, welcome to the next episode. So in this episode, we're going to start talking about Aston Villa versus Leeds and West Ham versus Man City. So, obviously it ended up 3-0 to Leeds. What do we think, guys? To be fair, myself, I, I would not have predicted that score. No. Uh, obviously, we got your prediction in quite late, but what, what would yes, you have gone for? My prediction was for Leeds to win, but I was I, I knew there'd be goals in it on both sides, and I, I definitely didn't think that Leeds would like put three past uh, Villa. I just... It, it was just... I, I, was, I was thinking 2-1 Leeds, maybe. Yeah, you're, well, you're out now. of all of us. You would have been the only one who actually predicted uh, Leeds to win because uh, pretty much all. Well, Nathan went with one-one, but everyone else went for a Villa win here. Uh, oh, Ollie went for two-two as well. Actually, I, I nearly missed that. But yes, another thing was because I was a bit in between the win and the draw. Yeah, uh, but I didn't see. Just looking now. back, looking back on this, I would have. Been probably closer with the win towards Leeds, but mm. it's still this weekend altogether has gone down. Well, that's the yeah. thing, we're both not being far long out of the championship. What, but uh, two seasons, second season now, yeah, Leeds their third season. They're usually competing against each other anyway, mm. and that's why I put it down as a draw. Both of them yeah. are fighting for it. I wasn't expecting a 3 0 win. Yeah, and the game, realistically, as we were saying, Nathan, 3-0 didn't really represent the game either because obviously Grealish had a, a goal cleared off the line uh, that went yeah, through. Um, and then he could have had a penalty as well. He should, he should have had a penalty. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it should have been a penalty. He, he did make it a bit obvious that he had had contact. That's the thing, though. Um, he does go down very easily. Maybe that's gone against him. Yeah, I, I think it is what went against him there, uh, which is quite a shame. And obviously that would have put Villa at 1-0 in that point. Mm. Um, so it is a shame, but obviously we, we can't put it down, put down uh, Bamford. It was three very, very good taken it's goals. It's three good goals, him. but it's just Leeds way. His first goal. one was a, basically a tap-in, which yeah. could have been done better. The keeper spilled it. The defenders should have been better fantastic. around him, though. Yeah. But, yeah. To be fair, uh, Bamford has now six goals, I think, he's in six matches. But obviously we've got like a hat-trick that. here, so yeah. he's sort of doubled his numbers. I think he <laughs> has scored so far, in like, so almost good. every game, save one. I think. Uh, I think he's not scored in two of them, Andrew. It's something like that. He's scored but... in quite a few of their games itself. Mm. He's been vital for them, obviously. Well, he has been last year. Yeah. I mean, just looking at his stats, I mean, in the championship, he's played 45 and scored 16 with two assists. So he's mm. definitely selfish on the ball, or he's just provided all the time by, by other good players, but, which is, you know... Talking of selfish on the ball, though, Grealish in the match for Villa, he, he had a few chances in the game to set up other players to score and just went with it himself. And he, he made the keeper look good in this game. Uh, the Leeds keeper that is, and yeah. I think 
I think if he'd passed it off, he would have had easy assists and Villa would have been in the lead before Leeds even had a goal. You, you just can't take away what Bamford's done there, but I do think Leeds being 3-0 up in this match didn't really represent how the game went. Well, the thing is, you look at it actually in another way, you look at the actual stats of it, Leeds itself actually had 27 shots in this game. So you say it doesn't represent, but yeah. the amount of shots they had... To have yeah, three goals, it's is actually quite representing. Mm. Yeah, Leeds dominated is. the match, if you look at numbers. Obviously, yeah. numbers don't yeah. always tell you the full story, but Leeds had like 60% possession, 27 shots, and mm. nine on target on goal. So, I mean, compared to what Villa managed, it was like, honestly, motion in the ocean. They had about 12 shots. Mm. So, Which is still quite a lot. It's still good. I mean, you don't get on average in a match between two big clubs, like clubs that have been in the Prem for years, because obviously they usually uh, matches that are quite on level in terms of uh, chances. Yeah. Uh, so, and altogether, it was an entertaining match. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. From anybody's point of view, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely an entertaining game. Like, if there's, to be fair, I would say any game that had uh, two more. Two or more goals in a game is an entertaining match, unless they've literally happened 30 seconds apart from each other at the very start. Uh, then the rest of the game's pretty boring. Um, yeah. But it's a good result for Leeds nonetheless. It puts them high up in the table. Jamie the other week was saying that he reckons Leeds will be in the top 10, and at the moment they're definitely proving he he was right in that. Um, I reckon I reckon that that's a very high possibility as well. I wouldn't dis- but the thing is the thing is it's very hard to speculate right now, especially yeah, with it, how uneven and unpredictable it's the unpredictable. Has been. I don't think yeah, you've ever seen a season like this in terms of yeah. the opening. And the thing is, I think the ma- massive I- impact was don't get me wrong, but it's COVID related, I guarantee you, because it's just put everything off the timing of it and the amount of games. Yeah. You know, because there's like this, the schedule's so tight now, and there's so many games they have to play. I mean, there's cups to play, there's European, and obviously, those two teams are not involved in any of mm. that apart from obviously um, the domestic cups. But, but that but obviously still, leads us into our next game. We've got West Ham versus Man City, West where Ham, Man City yeah. are competing in European competition. And I think we can all agree at the moment, Man City are not competing at the level that we thought we'd see them at this year. No. This ended 1-1. And most of us went with... No, all of us pretty much went with a Man City win here. So I went went with 2-1. Jamie went 3-1. Ollie went 1-0. Andrew went 2-0. Nathan went 3-2. So he was expecting some a fair few goals in here. And what were you... Predicting on this one, well, Z? I thought West Ham was come back the other week. I thought they might be up for it. Yeah, I thought they were. And obviously, they were definitely up for it because uh, they went in front. And Antonio it was a good... was definitely up for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a great great goal from Antonio. A uh, nice little overhead. Oh, that was a fantastic but, goal. I think because it was so close to the keeper, he didn't have enough time to react. Yeah, the keeper had if no any chance keeper in my had opinion. Gotten that you'd be like thinking he's got cat-like reflexes. How has he gotten to that? I think the only way the keeper would have had a chance on that is if it was literally straight at him. Straight at him, yeah. And it would have been a case of he didn't know because it just hit him. That that would have been the only way that got saved because there was no chance. And 
it, it's brilliantly taken. But where was that from Antonio last week against Tottenham? Because against Tottenham, he did literally nothing. And in this, he's gone and scored a worldie, to be fair. So uh, I think I think it was a good game for West Ham, but I think if they had had their fans in there, they would have been worried because in that second half, after Man City equalised after bringing Foden on, uh, which let's talk about the goal. It wasn't a great touch from Foden to start with, but it was a great strike in terms of quick turn and shoot to get the goal. Yeah, because it tells you ricocheted off his toe and onto his knee. Luckily, he's still yeah. stayed near him. And there was no defenders on him, otherwise that would have been close down. Yeah, if, he, if if there was a defender close to him, I don't think there would have been a chance he'd even scored. And we could have been talking about a West Ham win here. But Man City, for the rest of the match, though, were pretty much all over West Ham. And I think West Ham were very, very lucky to have got the point here. The one thing that they have with that game is that City are just missing that little bit of clinical finishing at the end. Like, yeah. To, with the yeah, last Sterling shot that Sterling had. Yeah, exactly. He took it too late. He now, was so close to the keeper. Yeah. I, I think Man City are... In, in the last two seasons, they lost company and now David Silva. They've never I mean, really as, replaced them. As Andrew said, uh, Tony, I agree completely. They're just lacking that finishing touch in the final third because mm. on paper when you look on City's past five weeks take the whole season there's not been much in it but mm. on paper statistically they, they put the chances in there's many shots they are actively pushing they're in the final third there's attacking football but there's just lack of finishing it, it's yeah. the, 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 the front three every time Oh, the striker, the wingers, they're not, they're trying their hardest and it's just not, it's not just, just not happening. I mean, they've dominated West Ham in this match. I yeah. <laughs> it's just, whether it's a case of uh, inconsistency, uh, maybe come, maybe the players in the front are complacent. I don't know. I generally think they're missing a leader in that team at the moment because, like I said, they lost company last year and the defence was not great at all last year. And realistically, I think that's possibly what cost them so many matches and to beat as many points as they were behind Liverpool in the end. Um, and then this season, they're now no longer with David Silva, who's been there for how many... Who was the, he was there for, what, 10 years, something like that? Absolute yeah. massive player and was massive for them in getting goals every game. Even if he wasn't directly involved in terms of the assist or the scorer, he'd set it up in some form of way. He was that little technician in there and he he was always spurring on their players. And I think they're missing that this year because De Bruyne's not been the player that we've known to see over the last three Man, years. He's his game a little bit. And Aguero's not playing that often. And when he has... Now, do you know what another thing is for City? Sorry for our... Uh chipping in yeah. I think the lack just looking at the stats just following the stats for that match alone mm-hmm. they lack threat in the air in terms of height they're not tall yes their strikers aren't tall yeah and the thing the, yeah that's another thing because if you just look at the stats from that match alone that is an important uh, important matter for them mm. they've had about 10 corner kicks taken 10 yeah 
that is 10 possibilities of somehow squeezing a goal with your head. Get it on that slab, Maguire side. <laughs> but no, it's just not happening because they, they lack the threat in the air. I mean, it's like West Ham is much taller on average team. Like any corner, they would have been dominated. They lack the height that is important. And I know that City's, most of City's goals, most of City's best matches are happening from in-game play. Mm. But when it comes to delivering those high balls, unless it's landing perfectly on your foot for a volley... There's no way, there's nobody there with any aerial threat whatsoever. They are yeah. very, on average, they are a very short team. They're fast, but they're not very tall. I, so it's just that, I think there's, there's lack in there as well. Because it can't be that they've not managed to at least try a shot on goal with, from a corner with a header or something. They can't, because they, they can't. They're just, sorry, they're too short. Yeah. I think that, I think that's with, not, you I, know. I think with that in mind, I think we'll probably be saying that maybe when it comes to... The uh, <clears throat> let me my voice there. Uh, when it comes to the winter transfer window in January, maybe they're going to look for someone who's showing their worth at the moment in the in world football, but also has height. But I I can't think of any yeah. right now that come to mind. They need they some height in the for. team, seriously. So I think with that, I think we'll say it's a very hard earned point for West Ham to keep in City out there. Uh, and I think their fans will be really happy with that point as well. But I think City fans will be extremely disappointed with that result, to be fair. And I, th- I think that could be a recurring theme for the rest of the season, possibly, if things continue right. as they are. And I I add them up there to probably win the league this season. And I think my prediction is currently getting thrown right out the window uh, from the start of the season. So... As much, as much as I'd love to see that, obviously, um, it's quite a weird one. I'm not sure. As we said, it's unpredictable. They carry on. They'll probably be looking to stay in the top three. Yeah. The top three. It's, mm. it's an unpredictable season. And they'll they'll turn it around. I mean, Pep is going to turn this around because after so many, after only a few matches, but it's not looking rosy. That they, they, they have to look into this and Pep is going to do his best to turn this around. I'm sure they'll bounce back, you know. Yeah. But they have to start something really soon because obviously the the morale is going to drop. Like the players know they're not doing very well. You know, it's like there needs to be a massive turnaround there. Some there's got to be something. They can, Something's they gonna do. happen. Like, yeah, it has to because if not, then obviously Pep knows his job is on the line. You know, yeah. it's so easy for clubs these days to just you know, boot you straight out the door after a couple of bad def- matches. It definitely I mean, is. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, well, his job was on the line a week ago. Yeah. He's managed to somehow Frank turn Lampard's is as well. He's got on the line since the day he turned up, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but it's the same with Frank Lampard at Chelsea, so... Oh, yeah. Lampard's job is on the line as well. I mean, I'm sure there's more experienced managers out there. Even worse, they've actually spent money. Yeah. Yeah. They've, yeah, I think that's why Franks is more on the line at Chelsea because of the amount of money they spent. But I think we should talk about that one later on. Yeah. Um, anyway, boys. Um, yeah. I think. I think that's the end of that episode. That's so, the end from myself. I think because yeah. I'll have to um, set up the thing with, with yeah. uh, my other audience. Um, but um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll end we'll that talk on. about the other two on the next one. Yeah, we're talking about Fulham versus Crystal Palace and Man United versus Chelsea on the next episode. See you then. Thank you.